All right, this is Wicked Spursy. I'm with Mike, Steve, and this is Dave. And we are recording on the heels of Aston Villa Sunday. So, Mike, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm I'm half and half. Uh, hurt my back yesterday. Uh, um, blowing up my uh, my daughter's uh, new paddleboard that I got her for her birthday. So it comes with like a bike pump. <laughs> so here I am bent over trying to pump this thing up and uh, threw out my back. So that's uh that was a pretty handy thing to happen this 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 weekend. <laughs> so you did you didn't go looking for like the uh, the air mattress little electric compressor deal, did you? You you, you went no, the well, actual bike pump. No, I didn't. It's got a special valve that only this this one pump can, can pump it up with. You know, of course, yeah, of course. It's like your it's like your iPhone with only one special cord that'll plug into it, right? Exactly. Understood. Steve, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, it's a fantastic day. Sun shining. Spring is in the air. I actually got to go outside and walk around for a bit. I'm feeling really good right now. I agree of about course, the same thing. Vermont, season. so it'll be snowing in a week. But right. what can you do? Right. Yeah, I agree. Though, got outside today for for a little bit in the sun. It was it was enjoyable, and and uh, looking forward to having a conversation today. That a couple days ago I wouldn't have been looking forward to as much. So I think the benefit of time is uh, is helpful. So let's just get into it. Let's talk about. Um, Let's talk about how we feel. Nobody really cares about our feelings, but let's talk about our feelings today, guys. <laughs> so we saw a really ugly week last week uh, with North London Derby and then followed by an absolute embarrassment on Thursday night in Croatia. And uh, then, on you know, to, to get this week started on a positive note going into the international break. So there's a lot there to talk about, but let's let's just talk about kind of what we're thinking about where the club is and, and how we're feeling. Um Steve, let's start with you. Like, what's what's your vibe at this moment? You know, it's it's interesting to me because if you had asked me this question two days ago, you know, before we played Aston Villa, it probably would have been complete doom and gloom. Um, you know, nothing's going right. Everything seems like it's just bad. But and and this is specifically in regard to not just the players, but with you know Jose as well. Um, but now I don't know, I I'm sort of, um, I guess on the fence here, you know, there's a part of me that still thinks, yeah, you know, you're the manager, you got to get the best out of these players and you weren't doing that. So a lot of this is on you, but a lot of the comments that he made coming out of Aston Villa really resonated with me in a positive way. Um, I was particularly, uh, keen on his one comment where, you know, they had asked him, you know, how are you feeling? You just won, you dominated the game, you know, kept the clean sheet. And and he said, yeah, you know, it's great, but it's sad because, you know, where was that effort two days ago? You know, where, why couldn't they have done that on Thursday? How come, um, you know, all our good performances have to come on the back of terrible ones? Why can't we be good all the time? And for him to just acknowledge that, I think that, that, he pretty much said what I have to imagine just about every Spurs supporter is thinking too, right? Especially after that game, like we looked so competent against Aston Villa. I'm not going to go so far to say we were, you know, incredible or anything. There's still room to improve, but we looked leaps and bounds better than we had all of last week. But what, what's really different? I mean, yeah, a different formation. Sure. But we're still using a lot of the same players. Um, I, I don't know what mentality must have changed with, you know, whoever the bad apples were maybe sitting on the bench instead of being out there, but it looked like it was effective. It looked like it worked. Um, and, you know, I, I just have to think, um, especially being so far removed from the, you know, North London Derby and the, the um, abysmal performance in Croatia, you know, this is a group of players who seems to be falling apart under Jose. It's the same group of players that fell apart under Poch too. You know, at, at some point you can't just say, Oh, well, the manager is 100% responsible. You know, if it happens once, sure. If it happens a second time, it's like, okay, let's, let's hold on a second. Maybe there's more to it here, you know? And, and um, I was reading earlier, uh, uh, 
that, you know, even if we were to bring another manager in, there's no guarantee unless we get rid of these bad apples that they're not just going to have the same problem, uh, you know, a few months down the line, you know, maybe they come in, get a string of good results like Jose did, um, you know, when he first came on board and then we might just find ourselves in the same position. So uh, I guess, you know, the question that I want to ask the rest of you guys is, you know, how do you feel about it? You know, is it, are you, after Aston Villa and after the comments that were made, are you still feeling, you know, Jose needs to go or is it 100% more, let's get some of these players just kicked out the door, booted down to the reserves, done whatever they need to do to make sure they never play for the first team again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause, cause yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I want to, I want to hear from Mike. And the reason I want to hear from Mike first is last week in the midst of the, the being down in the dumps, Mike and I had some good back and forth about managers, right? Like what's the job of a manager? What's the job of a, of a coach? So I, I know that Mike definitely points some blame in Jose's direction. Uh, Mike, talk to us about that. And then talk to us about just your, your general feel overall. So does, yeah. Does Jose need to leave? Yeah, he does need to leave. Um, he's, he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good for, uh, you know, rooting out the bad players at this point, you know, who are those bad apples? And maybe, uh, maybe looking at what we saw on Thursday, um, and afterward, um, I, you, you know, I sent you guys a link to the press conference, and you know, I still think, uh, I, I still think what I said on, on the WhatsApp, you know, holds true. The guy's a fucking prick. You know, he just is. And, and, and th- does that motivate some guys? Maybe. Does it motivate everyone? No. I mean, that's not going to get you. It's not going to get you, you know, to, to Champions League every single year being a jackass, you know, calling guys out, throwing people under the bus. And, you know, I, I watched the I watched the post game again and I was like, this guy's still a fucking prick. But, you know, his his methods, I guess will sometimes work, you know, and at this point, like he finds somebody he doesn't like in his system and he kicks them out. You know, you saw it with Roden. I mean, he made one little mistake in, in Liverpool and you didn't, you know, you haven't seen him for weeks. I forgot he was on the team for a little bit. That's not true. I love that guy. I think he's going to be a fantastic center back, but um, I watched the game again today. Um, and I, the Aston Villa game I watched again today. And I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't too excited. It wasn't a very exciting game. It's kind of like, you know, sitting in a ballpark and you're watching that two, nothing, that two, nothing game, you know, it's a good pitching duel. You got a couple of runs early on. And then like for four or five, six innings, nothing happens. That's kind of how I felt. Um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, Jose needs to go. He does. I mean, his tactics are not going to work down the road because you see him, you go through these, you go through these uh, spots where you have four or five wins in a row and then you drop four in a row. Where does that leave you? And that's zero, right? Um, it leaves you out of Europe. You know, I, I, I get Croatia is a, a lovely place to visit. Um, not obviously this time of year, it looked pretty damn cold there. Um, but, you know, it's, it, Let's let's not go back to Croatia. Let's not have to go back to Croatia. Let's let's look ahead. Let's get to that fourth the fourth spot and not have to go back to Croatia because that's where those teams are going to be continuing to play in Europa League, and we don't want to be there anymore. Right, um, Macedonia, Bulgaria, Croatia. Right, you just yeah, you want to stay I mean, out of those places. Yeah, Romania. You know, yeah. nobody wants to deal with those vampires. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Jose needs to go. Just maybe not this year. You know, I found myself, I guess it's worth backing up like a little bit, a little bit about myself. So I remember as a kid, um, probably nine or 10 years old, finishing up a baseball game. I played catcher. So, you know, relatively involved in the game, relatively involved in the outcome of the game. We lost. And I remember going home, laying on the couch and like sulking, being angry and mad. Not because I actually was angry and mad, but because I felt like I was supposed to be angry and mad. You know what I mean? Like that that disconnect between what I was expected to feel like and the fact that I was like, yeah, we lost. And so I would say that's actually a part of my personality. While I am competitive and I enjoy uh, I enjoy the thrill of competition, I can also lose. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. That's just a, kind of a little bit about my demeanor. But I will say this. 
watching that Thursday match when that, as it was wrapping up, let's be honest, we all saw where that was going. Like I felt myself downright angry at what I was seeing. I felt myself bitter and frustrated and sad. And, you know, all those things that actually Jose and, and Hugo Lloris, you know, talked about just like, this is disgraceful. Like what, what are we looking at? And strangely enough, and I don't think it's because of the the Villa match and the outcome of that, like you said, Mike, that was kind of a, I almost didn't care. You know, I, I didn't care how that match was going to go. Um, but I'm over the anger. And I think, I think a part of that is about, I feel like, I feel like the squad, not just the squad, the club had to hit rock bottom to, to truly begin mentally, whatever this rebuild thing is going to look like. The challenge with that is I do think that that Thursday night match was rock bottom. I do think that got everybody's attention. The The challenge is um, I don't think we should be fooled by what we saw on Sunday. You know, like we saw, mm-hmm. we saw Roden come in. We saw Tanganga look good. We saw Sanchez look relatively good. You know, like that was exciting. That was fun. But I don't think we should be fooled by that because if we have any brains at all, we know that in the next couple of matches, one of those guys is going to make a huge mistake and we're going to be mad that there was a loss that shouldn't have happened. You know, that's the reality of playing It'll with younger Sanchez. guys. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we should expect that those mistakes are going to happen, but we just need to be honest with ourselves. Like, let's be honest about who this team is and where they are at this moment in time. And when, when I get myself there, like it's easy to feel kind of okay. Like I, I can get okay about, all right, new project is starting. Like I, I see a time of turnover. I see a time of change. Like you said, Mike, whether Jose leaves tomorrow or in a year, like we know he's going to leave eventually. Right. And so I'm more interested in who's, who's disappearing in that span of time, who's getting called up from the Academy, who's getting called back on loan, who's getting sold. You know, those things all are intriguing to me, like in the, the machinations of a club, that's, that's kind of interesting overall. So how do you guys feel about that? Like, did we, was that rock bottom and do we have a reason to be optimistic or what do you think? You know, Dave, go ahead, go ahead, Steve. I I, I got a little thought on that, but (laughs) no, just real quick. It, you know, if there's anything this season has taught me about Spurs, it's, you know, you think, yes, this has to be rock bottom. And then somehow they find a way to go lower. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. So yeah, I'm being optimistic about the rock bottom, right? Like I, even with that. Yeah, we think we hit rock bottom in Croatia. Then we'll go to a out of form Newcastle after the international break and get spanked. And then don't think that hasn't like, crossed my mind. Yeah, that that <laughs> that big bald headed dude. You know, he'll end up injuring half our team. And and yeah, God, I hate John Joe Shelby with a passion. John Joe can't stand him. Absolutely can't stand him. Mike, rock bottom, not rock bottom. Yeah, no, no. I, to, just to echo Steve, yeah. I mean, it's like just when you think they have hit rock bottom, they go to Croatia and play like they did. I mean, so I was thinking, you know, after the Arsenal loss, you know, we were all pretty pissed off, right? I mean, I was dropping f bombs, you know. I, I, you know, Brian was like, I was fucking embarrassing, and he, uh, he was, you know, very adamant about it being embarrassing. Um, the, th- the thing, you know, about Tottenham fans, I think that is different than, say, an Arsenal fan. Um, I noticed, you know, from the f- from the few guys that I know that are Arsenal fans, they take a lot longer to get over something like that than mm-hmm. we do. Right. Yeah. Like yep. we're like, all right, well, you know, that sucks. We scream and holler. We scream and holler for a couple hours. And then, you know, guess what? There's another game next week. You know, those guys, all they care about is beating Tottenham and they don't give a shit if they, if they finish 15th in the, in the table, they're going to be, they'll be happy if they beat Tottenham twice. They they are a miserable lot. No question. Oh my God. Absolutely miserable. And we're the ones who should be pissed off. I mean, knowing the history, you know, they invaded our territory. Okay. All that aside, uh, (laughs) rock bottom. Yeah. It was pretty rock bottom. It was rock bottom enough for. Aurier and Toby to have mysterious illnesses and show up on their international duty the next morning. Did you guys catch that at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I think Jose said all the right things in the post game presser. It it was, I mean, I'm starting to, I'm starting to believe that maybe it wasn't all his fault. You know, um, I, I think I talked to you guys about this too, was that, um, at one point you have to say, if, you're not going to give 120% every single time 
that you go out there on that, on that field or on that pitch, guess what? I'm going to find somebody who will, you know, and that, that happened to me in, in football in my, in my junior year in high school it was like, I thought I was all that, you know, um, made all state, you know, my sophomore year. And I thought I was all that. And my coach was like, you're not all that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not let you play for, for a couple of quarters and see how you feel about that. Um, I had a terrible junior year. So, I mean, I, I think that's that I'm hoping that's where Jose is going. You know, Doherty, you had your chance. You blew it. You're gone. You know, Serge, I, I think that Serge and Gareth are probably the guys with the bad attitudes. Everything is all hunky dory when everything's going great. Right. I mean, if you're winning, you know, everybody's happy. Bale's happy. I think, I think he might be the attitude. He's a nice guy to have on your bench. Right. But you know, that's when things are going well. You don't put that guy in when things aren't going well. Not at this point in his career. He's he's shown us uh, this season that he, when things aren't going his way, he doesn't give a shit. You know, I thought I said a couple of weeks ago, Bale is back. Uh, well, you know, he laid a couple of eggs, man. Yeah, we had a big Bale love fest a couple of weeks ago. I, oh we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got to quit doing that. It's gonna. It, Bites us every time. <laughs> no, I hate that fucking guy now. <laughs> take, I think take, you're right. Like he, he take he, him in his bald headed cover and ponytail, and uh, it, it, it's frustrating. You know, it, it goes back to I, I joke, but I'm also not joking about like the the training pictures about everybody. You know, playing grabby, happy, fun time. You know, like I don't need to see them playing. You know, um, volleyball anymore. That's that's not necessary. Yeah, Jose, like, Jose on the on the on the sitting in his chair like a. Like an angry old man, uh, yeah. That entire game against Villa, like they scored, he didn't even he didn't move, yeah. he didn't change his expression. He walked in, you know, uh, two minutes before halftime. But Bale personifies that on the sideline too, right? Like he's he's just chilling, you know. When when yeah. he's not warming up, he's not playing. He's just having a good old time. Got the high leg cross. Got the high yeah. leg cross going, you know, with his with his with his tight skinny pants on and his his joggers, you know, looking all cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, next next week he's gonna have two goals, and I'm gonna love the guy again. Exactly, because like Bale is back again. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are what are we? We know things are going to change. We know things need to change. What are we willing to put up with? Like, what do we want to see happening moving forward? What do we think would be terrible moves moving forward? Like, what what do we see? Something's gonna happen. What yeah. do we see happening? I mean, from my perspective, and maybe it's just because there's real like. Yeah, Carabao Cup, I think, is the last real big thing that we can achieve in terms of silverware. We're not getting first in the league. We're out of every other cup competition. You know, the only thing, the only real saving grace we have in Carabao is that Man City is still in, you know, Champions League and they still have all these other competitions they got to compete in. Um, You know, maybe that one doesn't look as appealing and that's where they rest. Maybe, you know, at the end of the day, it's still silverware and, you know, Guardiola is a serial winner. So I'm sure he's going to want to add that to his collection. Um, but you know, care about cup aside, win or lose for me, I think personally, I, I don't care so much where the results land for the rest of the season. So long as the people who are playing are the ones that deserve to be out there. The ones that are, are, are putting effort in and showing that they care, you know, like if, if, if Sissoko never sees the pitch again, I'll be happy because he's looked like he couldn't be bothered. You know, even even against Aston Villa, game's already won. We're up two nothing. He comes on and he's just walking around. You know, he's the freshest pair of legs out there, and he's not yep. he's doing old anything Steve. to help out. He's old. Yeah, he sure he's old, but he like, makes a lot of money. He like makes a lot of money to walk around like that, doesn't he? Exactly. You got to try something. Something, you know, and if, if, okay, if he is too old and he can't keep up with the pace, screw it, don't play him anymore. Throw Alfie Devine on there. Let him run around. That guy's, you know, he's young. He's probably got the energy. If he makes a mistake or two, I could forgive that because he's trying, Um, you know, and and a lot of these play, I think, you know, and and again, this is something that Jose had said, you know, you, you need some of these young, eager players on the bench at least, you know, to kind of give you that, that momentum, that push, like if nothing else, somebody nipping at your heels, like, Hey, if you want to take this easy, if you want to sit back and, you know, kind of coast through the rest of the season, fine. That kid will play in front of you. Um, 
And, you know, maybe that's fine for some people, you know, maybe some of those uh, guys that might have a bigger ego might look at that more of a, of a challenge. But I, I think Josie's absolutely right there. You know, a guy like Sissoko, if he's going to keep putting bare minimum effort in, if you could even call that effort at all, uh, at, at some point it's going to be fine. Enough's enough. You're not playing anymore. You can sit on the bench, you can sit in the reserves, but that's it. You know, I'll, I'll give Alfie a chance. Let, let him, uh, play around, you know, so in the case of Tanganga in particular, uh, just, just real quick, Dave, that for me is a case of somebody who slotted in at right back, you know, Ori has been inconsistent. Darty's just been playing bad. You know, if, if, Tanganga became the alternate right back or even the starting right back over Aurier. I would be 100% okay with that. He showed that he had the effort. He had the skill. He threw his body in the line, you know, to block that shot, you know, towards the end of the game, he was pulling all sorts of creative, you know, tricks on the side. It was, he was fun to watch. Um, but most importantly, when he lost out, he was running back. He was hustling. Darty doesn't do that. You know, if he's going to make a mistake, you know, like Aurier makes mistakes sometimes. Sure, that's fine. But he's a younger guy. You know, he's probably more likely to learn from those mistakes than than an Aurier. Um, I see Tanganga as somebody who's completely deserving of getting in the team over some of these first team players who have, you know, shown throughout the season that they're either inconsistent or they're just not good enough. Yeah. So a couple things, Steve. First. You talk about Tanganga, Aurier, Doherty. Did did either of you catch, you know, Doherty wasn't even in the squad, didn't travel. Aurier Good. wasn't in the squad, didn't travel. Tanganga was he was on an island in right back. Now realizing had he had he gotten hurt, they could have done something funky with a adjust to the back line somehow, right? But like the, the fact that right back, I'm sure. Right. But the fact that he put him out there as as the sole right back, I think was meaningful. Steve, here's my question for you. Um you talked about effort, you talked about kids that try, right? So let's just do the hypo- the theoretical. Um, our buddy, Nick, you know, Nicky Winks, the, uh, the, the Winks apologist. That's my new name for Nick, Nicky Winks. He'll love that. Um, <laughs> you know, he'd come up with some calculation about how game in hand, um, if City wins the Carabao and somebody else wins the FA Cup, that European places are going to dive down to like 7th, 8th, ninth, some sort of crazy combination about, you He's know. He's highly new, analytical. New Super duper. Nicky Winks is a smart dude. I would never take that away from him. I appreciate that about him. I do too. He's always given us a chance, man. He's (laughs) There's always a chance. He's like, look on the bright side of life, right? Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. Um, But Steve, here's the question. So let's, let's remove all those theoreticals. Would you accept eighth or ninth place in the table? Like clearly out of European contention. Eighth or ninth place, but they all busted their tails for the, for the rest of the, the run in. Like everybody out there was hustling. Everybody was representing the badge and doing their best. Would you be okay with that? I would. And let me tell you why I, it might seem a little counterintuitive, right? Um, but I've thought a lot about this ever since I asked you guys that question, um, you know, earlier in the week about whether you'd prefer the, uh, you know, incredibly talented guy with a bad attitude or a bunch of, you know, average Joes who give it their all. Um, and I think I would be, and, and the reason for that, and I'm going to look at Liverpool, right? They had that one season where they missed out on European competition completely. Um, you know, it was towards, it was either Klopp's early year or his first year there. Um, but it was like, it was a complete rebuild. They were able to, you, you know, they had a a fewer games in the season, so they were able to kind of really drill in the, fundamentals of of what they wanted to you know their game plan to be and then they became a dominant force um so uh, if if we played the kids we ended up in eighth or ninth outside of europe as long as uh, the caveat is it has to show the higher-ups daniel levy anybody else out there that these specific areas are the ones that we need investment in. We don't trust who we have. You got to get rid of them. Um, you know, these kids have the experience now to maybe rotate in, but if you want to compete, you got to get somebody who's going to walk right into that first team and really give it their all. Um, but if we ended up in a, the fear that I have is we end up in a European spot using, you know, players who just don't care 
And then we either sell them or they stick around because nobody else wants them, which is kind of a likely scenario that we have to consider too. And then we just get stuck playing them again. And then, you know, we find ourselves having these same conversations next season. Um, (laughs) But for me, for me, if the kids are going to give it their all, give them the experience, you know, let's take the hit now so that next season they, they understand, what it's like to play in the Premier League. And even if we had zero investment over the, the summer, we're not relying on, you know, 32-year-old Sissoko in midfield anymore. We've got Alfie in there. We've got Skip, you know, to, to dive in. Um, you know, players who, who have the experience now to at least build on, right? You know, even if they're not great right off the bat, at least they've got something to build on. And as long as they keep giving it you know, 110%, I'll, I'll support them for, to the best of my ability, within reason, right? You know, if we have a, an alternative that also cares and, um, you know, wants to get on there, then I'll start calling for their their heads. But, you know, I, I can't see any situation where I would say, no, let's play Sissoko over literally anybody else in the youth academy at this point. And I, just as an aside, I'll have you know, I don't know if you've picked up on this. My uh, scapegoat right now is Sissoko, not Sanchez. Sanchez has had a couple of decent games. Not great, but decent. So I'm giving him a little bit of a pass, and and I'm going to throw Sissoko under the bus from now on until... Hold on, Steve. I'm just I'm making sure we're recording. while they, Okay, we are recording. <laughs> that That is recorded for posterity. Absolutely. Um, Mike, so let's go to you on, on Steve's comments. And I don't know why he made me think of this. Um, he made me think of Peyton Manning, right? Peyton Manning in American football came into the NFL and got the snot beat out of him for a year. Right. But he had to learn how to be a pro and he had to learn how to take the hits and had to learn how to play. So what do you feel about what Steve said about mid table kids get to play they're better professionals in the end. Um, and I'd ask, let's overlay the Mourinho question. Like, do you keep Mourinho around for something like that? If he identifies who needs to go, or do you need somebody new to come in to, to lead those kids? Look, you got to, I mean, you can't just have a bunch of young kids out there and think you're going to finish mid table. I, I get that. It's the, the Tottenham Academy and all that stuff. I mean, do I want a bunch? Would I want a bunch of kids out there um, playing fun football, making it exciting, um, finishing mid table, get us into Europe, maybe. Yeah. Um, would I take that over? buying a bunch of big names and winning a, a league, a league title or, or, or the, or the FA cup. Hell no. Come on, man. I mean, no, I'm just talking right now, like to finish out this season. Oh, okay. 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 Well, not, not going forward just right now. No, just yeah. for right now. <laughs> we got this run in of what? Nine, 10 games. Inject, yeah. Inject some. Well, I mean, he brought up the Peyton Manning con the, the, the concept of the Peyton Manning thing. And, you know, it did take, it did take Peyton a few years. I think what he threw 27 interceptions his first season or something, something crazy, crazy yeah, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, listen, I mean, it, it's not like you're going to, you know, Hugo's playing like shit and you're going to bring in Alfie Whiteman because you know what? Joe Hart doesn't make a difference anymore. You can, you can take, kick him off your team. If you want, you're not going to, you how many Alfies do we have on the team? By the way, we get how, how more, how more English of a name can you but, get? We have two, but right? I'll, I'll, I'll say Alfie this. That's, that's going to that's going to up our homegrown uh, uh, divine and Whiteman. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, I'll say this to you. Uh, you know, if, if I have the choice between playing my boy Alfie Divide or going out and buying a, a, a Sabitzer, I'm definitely on board with you. Like I'm buying Sabitzer. Like sorry, oh, Alfie, yeah. but you can have another year or two of development. <laughs> well, you know, you know who I honestly we don't get to see a lot of these teams like Villa and Palace and stuff, and you know. Um, we had the uh, the Zaha the Zaha thing, and uh, uh, we can have the Tyrone Mings conversation. Um, Bring him on, Lily White. I mean, yeah, Tyrone. I, I think I think those guys love playing for their manager. But like, there's there's a reason there's a reason that Grealish stayed there, and it wasn't just the money, right? I mean, he loves playing there. He loves his manager. Um, the, there's two guys that I've been watching this season just because I've been playing DraftKings and stuff. And, and doing showdowns and stuff. Um, and Villa seems to always be in there. And <clears throat> I picked these guys 
And I watched them play and um, John McGinn and Maddie Cash. I mean, I know Cash had that, that, that penalty. Yeah, that, that wasn't a penalty. We can all agree no, on that. No way. I mean, Harry whiffed, Harry whiffed on the ball and then pretended like he got his ankle broken. Harry, you know, Harry I mean, harried that one. That was, that was, that's what he's good at. Still, among he, other things. Yeah. Was, he's not like a Bruno Fernandez. He did the work to get the penalty, right? Bingo. He didn't, <laughs> Bingo. It's not like Lucas took the penalty and then Harry got the, Harry, Harry got the goal on the tally, you know? I mean, Harry just doesn't do that. Um, so, um, those two guys, uh, man, they work, man, they work. And you know what, you know, you could, you could convince me to have, have a, have a McGinn in, in the midfield, you know, he might, he might shore up your midfield, you know, with a skippy and, you know, coming in the next year. Um, and I bet he got paid $2 million, 2 million pounds from his contract. I don't know where he was. He was playing in Scotland or somewhere. Um, he got paid two million to, to play in the Premier League, right? So, you know, I, I bet he would take eight, ten million. <laughs> come, yeah, right. come, come and play next to a, another workhorse, you know, like our Viking. So, I mean, you're right. And that that Matty Cash, he was he was impressive. I mean, the 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 penalty was what it was, but you know, Steve, you commented early in the game that Sergio was was bossing up and down that left side and running all over the pitch. But Matty Cash was hanging with him when he would get to the yeah, edge. Yeah. Like Cash was locking him up, and I, I've never seen anyone do that this year with Sergio. You know who else I really liked for Aston Villa? Kansa, the other center back. He yeah. was pretty solid for most of that game. You know, kudos to him. Yeah, no question. No question. Hey, let's talk, and we haven't gotten into tactics all that much, but Hugo kind of struck me yesterday. You know, he – and I'm trying to figure out why. I saw him coming off his line more. I saw him attacking balls further out in the box more. And I, I was trying to sort out, is it because he actually felt confident with those kids in front of him, felt like they had the speed and the athleticism to to fill the void so he could make more commitments? And is that why he's always stayed back on his line so much as of late? Or was there something else just that, you know, he he got on the team's case the other day and so he thought he needed to show out in a different way. Did, did either of you think about that or did that register with you at all? Yeah, Dave, I think I think it's the latter. And, you know, since we're clearly in the, uh, you know, mature language uh, portion of the podcast, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I just think, at, you know, at, especially after his comments uh, following the, the Europa League exit, I don't think, you know, Hugo gives a fuck anymore. I think he's just ready to go out there and just do his thing. You know, he does. who cares if he keeps a clean sheet? As long as he's you know, essentially putting up and showing, you know, I've got the energy. I'm going to be the guy who's the driving force coming out of the back. I got to show when these. Did he ever give a funny. fuck though. I mean, he's French. <laughs> Fair. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's just, that was for me, his way of kind of saying, you know, Hey, I am just as culpable as the rest of these guys for you know the embarrassment so i really need to show that i'm not just some washed up has been you know i'm somebody who actually cares i i give a damn you know i want to get out there and and show people that and you know as a goalie it's kind of hard to do that so you kind of have to you know rush out and be adventurous and yeah but hey if that's the case bring it right like show show me that every week you know what i i think I th- I think it, it was the matter that like the fact that he came out and s- said what he said, and if you're gonna do that, you gotta go out there and and, and you have to play play the way that you're speaking, you know. Show a little fire, you know. Show show that you're willing to change to you know for the good of the team. Um, and again, honestly, I he's the captain, so he's gotta. He's got to do that. He has to come out there. He has to talk the way he did. He has to. He wasn't throwing individual players under the bus, though, like Jose does. You know, Jose straight out came out and said, yeah, that was on bail. That was on Doherty. You know, I mean, that's what he said. You know, that's. Was he right, Mike? Was he right when he said that? uh, Yeah, (laughs) sure. I mean, 
those guys on that side, they didn't give a shit. They, they, they didn't, they truly didn't like Bale couldn't be bothered to track back and play some defense, which leaves Doherty out on an Island or, or Aurier or whoever's out there. Everyone like every single time. And it, this is why I'm not on the bail love, love scene anymore. You know, we're not this, this is, we're talking about professional sports here. These guys get paid. Like, like you said, Dave, these guys get paid a lot of money to play a game. Right. They sure do. Yep. So, and, and, and bail gets paid a lot of money to play a game more than anybody else. That's right. <laughs> What's he on 600 a week? Is that, is that the number? It's, it's crazy, man. It, it is. Absolutely. I, I love, I love the, you know, the fact that, you know, we get to, we get to have him back and he gets to score a few goals for us again. And, you know, I, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't see him going, going back. To, I don't see him going back to Spain, but are we going to keep him? Like, where's he going to go after this? Cause they're just going to, they're not going to pay him. No, look, no. I'll, I mean, tell Tom, not gonna pay him either. I'll tell you what, if there's one thing that I'd really want to stress for my, you know, eight and a half month old son, as soon as he's able, it's if you work hard, you put the effort in, you too could be making $600,000 to sit on a bench. (laughs) Very true. You know, Steve, there's going to be a day that you're going to tell us that you bought your son a Davinson Sanchez jersey, and that that's going to be an amazing day. I can't wait to see that that happen when you when you come full circle on old Dave. It's it's going to be impressive. You know what? I, I I'll tell you what. I will buy your son a Davinson Sanchez jersey if we make top four because of Nick's game in hand. <laughs> wait, if we make it because of the game in hand, are you conditioning yeah, because it? Because of the game okay. in hand. All right, all right. We, we have that one. We have that one game on Chelsea. You know, we do. We, See, we my, sure do. my condition would have been if we kept a clean sheet for the rest of the season. I know that's not going to happen. Well, hey, hey man, if there's if twenty-four that happens, points Steve, left out there to get, Steve. So, Steve, if that happens, if that happens, I will buy your son either a Winks or a Sissoko jersey because they'll both be on sale by that time. <laughs> so, or I get, maybe get maybe get both. Right, they'll both be half price for the two for the cost of one. Oh, that's hey, fair <laughs> you know what you know what when when winks is playing for uh for freaking southampton or sheffield wednesday next or year ben, or benfica ben, or benfica <laughs> yeah then 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 we won't have to hear nick talk about him constantly anymore so you know, nick i love you i really do i love you man nicky winks is the boy we'll, we'll still call him nicky winks even when harry's gone He'll be, he'll be on a he'll be on a uh, a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a supporters club in Vermont somewhere, right? Here's a question for you guys. A bit of a fun one that I just thought of on the spot. Thanks to your uh, your comment there. If you could trade Benfica Winks for Carlos Vinicius's contract, would you Done. do it? Done. Absolutely. In a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Nick. They, just, no, I no, 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 no. They'd have to throw. They'd have to throw. Uh, isn't Vertonghen there? No, Where's Vertonghen's Vertonghen? there. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, they'd have to throw us Vertonghen back in. It's kind of like it's kind of like when the Marlins had to give, like, in order for us to the Sox to get Josh Beckett, the Marlins were like, "You have to take Mike Lowell too, or we won't <laughs> do it. We don't. We don't like him so much that you have to take him too." I might still make that deal because I think Vertonghen might be a coach in the making. So I start yeah. start grooming him for you know coaching roles. But he's Put playing with- well there. Well, because it's Spain, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's Spain. It's Very Portugal. Or Portugal. Portugal. Oh, yeah. Oops. Well, it's, right. <laughs> it's, it's right next to Spain. They're 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 right next to each other. It's next to Spain. Edit right, that man. out, Dave. I used to teach history and geography too. Credit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! Hey, My let's buddy, uh, yeah. let, let's talk about the uh, running the rest of the season out. So, I'm just reading a list, and Wait, and what? I know that there's something funky in this list. I feel like there we're missing one, but Newcastle, Man U, Everton. Uh, then we got Carabao with City, Sheffield, not Wednesday United, uh, Leeds, Wolves, Villa again, and Leicester. So, what are we seeing there? Some winnable games, some questionable games. What, Steve? What do you what? see as the the way we're going to finish this thing up? 
before before I get to that, there is one person that we haven't really talked about yet that I really want to get to before we Let's go o- into the next run in. Lucas, how good has he been? Lucas. The, the guy that Mike named his son after. I mean, what what else? <laughs> what else can we say other than that? I mean, Lucas has come. been phenomenal. He's he's been the fastest guy on the pitch. He's he's losing the ball less. He's been taking advantage of space and and causing defenses to collapse around him so that he can actually try to pass the ball to other people. He's he's been he's been impressive. He was the they man of the match yesterday, right? Easily. He, he they throw him into that number 10 spot and like he's reborn. It's really strange. Like, and you know what? He did a lot of translating for Vinicius the other night. The other sure day, <laughs> After Vinicius I, smacked the guy Vinicius in the face. Vinicius is trying to get into a fight and, 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 and you know, in, in, in Portuguese. Yeah, see? I knew that, I knew that they spoke that language. In um, Portugal, yeah. Um, yeah, he's trying to get into a fight in, in Portuguese with the guys, you know, screaming at him in English after, after Vinicius trucked that dude. <laughs> I mean... That poor ref that, that was that was you know what if if this was hockey that was boarding. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so no, Lucas has been awesome, man. Um, I didn't want to I didn't want to, you know, come out and go on a Lucas love fest because look what happened to Bale. Um, but <laughs> you know, I, I I just I I love the fact that he loves to play the game. You know, and he was like that at PSG. You know, and he was like Neymar's best buddy. They were best friends, right? And Neymar was was upset when he left. Um, and and they worked well together. He I don't think that Lucas has really has found a spot, really a spot for himself or a guy that he flows with that well. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I remember uh, you know, when I first met Terry and I first met uh like our buddy James that I always said, like, I don't think Lucas and Harry can Harry Kane can be on the field together at the same time because <laughs> I don't think they link up and they don't play well together. I think that's that that's changing, uh, and I'll give Jose credit for that, throwing him, you know, Lucas in that spot. Um, I, I I really I just love his smile, and I love the fact like that he just loves playing the game and he loves being all over the field doing crazy shit constantly. Like you never know what's going to happen to that guy. <laughs> no, you like don't. Like he comes out of nowhere to steal the ball, and then still get in and passes it, and still ends up with an assist on it. But the difference between like crazy Lucas and crazy Lamella is like there's a psychotic side of Lamella, right? Like Lucas's crazy stuff is still manageable, and we talk about guys that hustle, guys that grind. <laughs> like give give me nine Lucases and Harry Kane, like I. I'd be okay with that because at least they're trying. You know, at least they're putting the effort in. See if you got something and, to say. I and know. and and you know what? I didn't. I did not name my kid after Lucas, but uh, I named my I named my kid after Lucas Nelson, and I wanted to be L U K A S, but my wife would not have it. Willie Nelson's kid. Hmm. Well, oh, hey, she jersey. would not have that K. She would not have that K. So the C worked out well. The jersey <laughs> wouldn't work if, if the K was in there, right? There jersey wouldn't work. You know, Lucas, Lucas is the kind of crazy where, you know, if you're out on, on, you know, a night on the town, he's the guy who's dragging you off to karaoke. So you guys can sing some, you know, crazy right. songs together badly and have it probably driving time. you home too. That, he's, he's that guy too. Like he's the designated driver. Yeah. But Lamella's the kind of crazy that if you're on the night in the town together, you're going to the seedy bar so you can pick a fight with somebody and win. And you might get arrested. Yeah. Like that's the difference. Between- Lamella won't. You will. But- <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what I always think? Of? I always think of like Anchorman with with live with Lamella. You know, he's like Brick Tamlin. <laughs> well, Brick killed a guy. You know, I mean that that's where that's where Lamella could go. I, I you know what? I think that crazy might be out of him. I think he was just looking for that red card. He finally got his red card, and now he's not crazy anymore. He's we'll just going to be he's just going to be <laughs> Eric, Eric with the silver hair. That's right. So, so let's, talk about, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the run in. Yeah, uh, start with you, Mike. What are you thinking? What what's ahead? You know, all these different variations of what we want to see. Let the kids play. <clears throat> try to get top four. What are we actually going to see out of this run in? I, I think that uh, I, I think that the rest of the rest of the season here that um, there's a lot of winnable games there. Man, he's going to be a really that's going to be our big challenge, right? Um, and and they're pissed off. 
because of what happened early in the season. So um, I, I think that that's really going to be our only big, 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 real tough game outside of Leeds because Leeds just played plays so wide open. Um, are we playing Southampton again, or is that game just conceded? I don't understand how that's working. That's the one that, yeah, is not in that list, and it's got to be somewhere. I mean, they can't. Right. You can't well, play. Can't play thirty-seven games, right? You gotta. Yeah, we, we got twenty. Have a game in hand. We got twenty-four points up for grabs, right? I think left something like that. So, um, I think that I, I I think if we can come out of there with eighteen. You make you make Champions League easy. You make top four easy. Just just be just based on the fact that that where you are in the table right now and the and the teams that are ahead of you are not really in form outside of I mean Chelsea. Chelsea's still there. I mean, you never know what's gonna happen with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um Leicester, they tend to tank at the end of the season. Right. Right. So um I say, I, I say, let's, let's let's get to five. Let's get to five, and and then then we'll start talking and start looking ahead. But you got to get past you got to get past Manu. That's that's your big 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 challenge. Yeah, that's that's a good take, Steve. What's what's your read on the run in? I agree. I think eighteen points is probably where we end up out of the you know last twenty four. Um, that fe- that there's something about it that just feels right to me but I'm going to make the bold prediction right now. I think we win the cup. I think we win Carabao cup. I think we're going to beat man city. And the reason for that is I don't think it matters as much to them, to be honest, you know, especially I'm not quite sure where it falls on the schedule, but if they, if there's any chance that there's a champions league game anywhere near there, they're not going to risk it on the Carabao cup. They're clearly going to qualify for champions league again, you know, it's not like they have to worry about that. They would essentially be doing it for the, for silverware, for silverware's sake. And if it's a toss up between Carabao cup and champions league, they're going for the champions league. Um, But even if they didn't, I think that that is the only opportunity that Spurs have to show that they're not completely shambolic. And if they have any sort of pride at all, that is the one game this season that they will you know, find whatever godly form they could possibly muster and get a result. So I'm feeling, and I'm probably wrong to be honest, you know, this is a long (laughs) shot, but there's something about it that just feels winnable about that game for me. So I think 18 points and a Carabao cup victory is, is what we can look forward to for the rest of the season. Hey, I hope that comes true. I heard 18 from both of you. Um, yeah, I hope that comes true. That that'd be pretty cool. Let's uh let's get ready to wrap this thing up. Mike, any closing thoughts before we before we call it a day? Uh yeah, uh my only closing thought is uh Lee Dixon is still a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't expect that to change. Steve, how about you? Closing thoughts? Uh, you know, I I'm curious to see the I guess the only thing that we haven't really covered yet is I'm curious to see what happens when when Sun comes back because I think you know, for me, Vinicius is somebody who, you know, a lot of fans, they look at the price tag and they think, well, no, that, you know, obviously we're not going to spend that much money for him. The, the thing that concerns me about that is, you, you know, you don't pull the trigger. You don't buy Vinicius. Fine. I could, I could understand why you might do that. Who else are you going to get? You know, we still need a backup to Kane. You still need another striker. Dane Scarlett is probably not the guy just yet. Uh, you know, to slot into that role. Do you take a gamble on another player who doesn't have Premier League experience on the off chance that they hit the ground running? Or do you just bite the bullet? You know, Vinicius has been with the squad for a year now. You know, he's already established, you know, some relationships, some some chemistry. And honestly, I think you just keep him around. I, I, I would love to see him, you know, maybe not for the full price that Benfica wants for him, but... You know, I, I definitely think that he is a, the type of player who will score goals and let Kane rest. And you need that. And you don't want to gamble on somebody who may or may not get the same results. So I, that's just my two cents. Last I agree, thought. Steve. I agree, Steve. In fact, I think if you think you're going to keep keep going along with this 4-4-2, 
then or or whatever it really was um you then you you have to have that second striker there and i think that's a place where he will he'll he'll thrive in that spot a hundred percent so that's that's a place where vinicius will will thrive but then you get where do you put son then right i mean honestly i think son comes right back into the lineup that is expense to be honest but i also think that kane and son can't play together every single game especially if we're in cup competitions in europe again so you need somebody who's proven who will get goals and i think that's vinicius and i don't I can't think of anybody else that we could potentially get that would be either cheaper and effective or, you know, is primarily proven and at the same price point, you know, because you've got, you know, every player, every striker in particular in the Premier League is always going to have that like extra tax on them. You know, you're going to a rival, it it just is what it is. And anybody coming from outside, I mean, look at Yanston. He came on and did fuck all for us. Um, Soldado, I thought he was going to be fantastic. And he was abysmal, sadly, because I really loved him as a player. Um, and I still think, you know, because he, he, he posts about Spurs on Instagram too. So I, I still think he's a stand-up guy. But Vinicius, he's somebody who came in, he scored goals. Sure, it was against weak opposition. But, I mean, honestly, most of who you're going to play in the cup is weak opposition. Got to get somebody to put the goals away. You can't rely on Kane the whole time. Yeah, at least half of those guys are going to be weak opposition, right? I mean. Exactly. Just bring them on board. Yeah, it might be expensive. But, honestly, you know, if it gives Kane a rest and it means that you know, you're not taking a gamble on somebody else from just whatever other league. I say go for it. This guy's yeah, got yeah. the the potential for sure. Not every guy's gonna be not every guy's gonna be Gareth Bale or Harry Kane, you know, that comes along. Yeah. And we're still willing to take the Harry or the yeah, the Harry Winks or Vinicius straight up swap, right? Like that's a deal. I would do that. I can't yeah, man. Nick. <laughs> and and throw Throw Vertonghen in to, for for good measure. That that's all good. Oh, we so, can send we can send Delhi their way. I, I'd have no problem with that. But that's a different that's, different conversation, uh, different story. Well, yeah, that's a whole podcast, man. <laughs> exactly. Hey, so we're gonna wrap it up. I do want to I w- want to point out uh, international break is coming up. So Wicked Spursy is going to take a break. But got a special special surprise for you next week. Uh, Mr. Mike and myself uh, are both adult onset football slash soccer fans and uh we both loved baseball before we before we knew anything about about soccer and uh next week mike and i are going to do a little uh baseball opening day preview uh mike's a new england guy big red Sox fan i'm a chicago guy big white Sox fan we're going to talk about our different pairs of socks and probably talk about a little bit more we don't guarantee any expertise but we do guarantee we'll have good conversation have a beer during the course of it and have some fun. Steve, you're welcome to join us, but we'll let you take the week off as well. If, if you like, I'll probably come back for uh, some more Spurs related discussion. Otherwise I would just be <laughs> laying you guys down. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so Hey, with that, we are wicked Spursy. You can find us on, on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and uh, we record about every week. And uh, until next time, come on you Spurs, take care of yourselves. Gentlemen, have a fantastic week. Be come safe. Spurs.